0: To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to What's New with Wired. It's Tuesday, February 21st. I'm Zeke Robison. Today we're talking about how electric heat pumps are making their mark on oil-rich Alaska. Make sure to listen to the end to find out what other Wired podcasts you can check out today. For decades, it's been hard to think of Alaska without thinking of oil. The state has the third-highest petroleum consumption per capita of any U.S. state. More than three-quarters of people there heat their homes using fossil fuels, according to the International Energy Agency, or IEA, well above the U.S. average. Until recently, Genevieve Gagnehas, a resident of Alaska's capital, Juneau, was among them. But when she received a bill of almost $900 last March for heating her home during the winter months, she decided to find an alternative. I thought it was a joke. I was just gobsmacked, Gagne Haas says. Oil prices in Juneau hit an average of more than $5 per gallon last winter, 25% higher than the U.S. national average and nearly five times the current global average, according to one tracker, triggering a rush for heat pumps. Gagne Haas decided to install an air-source heat pump, which runs on electricity. It has kept her home warm this winter, even when the outdoor temperature has dipped below zero degrees Fahrenheit. I expected it to be fine, but it's been spectacular, says Gagne Haas. She says the heat pump is saving her roughly $100 a month. The IEA estimates that switching to heat pumps could reduce global CO2 emissions by 500 million metric tons by 2030. In principle, that means the more people who drop fossil fuel boilers for these devices, the better, in climate terms. Alaskan oil production has fallen in recent times, and the state is gradually embracing renewables, with 31% of its electricity generation coming from renewables, comparable to solar-power-rich Massachusetts. The shift toward cleaner energy is happening on an industrial scale, but also in people's homes, where heat pumps are beginning to take the place of fossil fuel-guzzling furnaces. Air source heat pumps use a refrigerant to absorb heat from the outdoor air, which then gets passed on to rooms in a house or a hot water supply. Some Alaskans are pushing air source heat pumps to their limits, running them even when outdoor temperatures plummet to nearly minus 30 degrees Fahrenheit. Andy Romanoff, an executive director of Juno-based nonprofit Alaska Alaska HeatSmart, estimates that there are about 2,000 heat pumps covering roughly 15% of the city, a number that he expects to grow. We do see a 10-15%, to maybe even 20% increase year after year in the number of permits that are being applied for, he says. Heat pump installers in Alaska, recommended by HeatSmart, also say demand for the devices is rising. One installer, Mark Houston, describes a spike in inquiries about heat pumps at the beginning of 2023, more than the number of inquiries he'd received for the whole of 2022. Another, Chris Karsunsky, says he installs between 50 and 70 heat pumps a year, but fields twice as many requests via phone. Businesses are increasingly adopting the technology too, he adds. Juno gets most of its electricity from lakes that offer a clean hydropower resource. This means that it is particularly eco-friendly to install electrified heating systems in the city. But to be fair, Juno lies at the warmer end of the state and doesn't tend to experience the same blistering cold winter weather that can afflict places farther north, like Anchorage or Fairbanks, where using heat pumps could be less cost-effective. In the village of Eklutna, not far from Anchorage, electrician Derek Lampert has found a heat pump that copes with extreme temperatures. He lives in a house that he built with his father during the pandemic. The walls are 22 inches thick, he boasts. Lampert planned for the house to be as energy efficient as possible, and so he invested in the Sanko 2 heat pump, which uses CO2 for a refrigerant. The machine provides space heating and hot water supply. We've had it as cold as minus 20 degrees Fahrenheit and it still worked, says Lampert. I was getting 135 degree water. High efficiency was certainly Lampert's goal, and overall he's happy with the results. Financially, at least, the well-insulated house and heat pump setup has proved beneficial. People in my neighborhood spend more than my entire electricity bill on propane and heating oil, says Lampert. However, because a heat pump sucks heat indoors from outside, sometimes for long periods, the outer part of the machine can get especially cold and make the device less energy efficient. Heat pumps are generally designed to defrost themselves periodically, but Lampert argues that his model could be better at this. He says he has noticed a fair amount of frosting and ice buildup around the exterior of his heat pump when it's very cold. Certainly, the colder it gets, the worse it gets. It just struggles with all the moisture, he explains. John Miles, a spokesperson for Eco2 Systems, LLC, which makes the Sanko2 heat pump, says the current model works down to minus 26 degrees Fahrenheit. He adds that it has various means of checking for frost buildup and that any ice that does form will eventually melt away. Terry Chapin, an ecosystem ecologist and professor emeritus at the University of Alaska Fairbanks, has a heat pump but notes that his model, designed to work down to minus 13 degrees Fahrenheit, struggles in the winter months. It doubled our electricity use when I was using it at very low temperatures, he says. When the temperature drops below zero degrees Fahrenheit, he switches back to his oil heating system instead. Vanessa Stevens, a building science researcher at the National Renewable Energy Laboratory in Fairbanks, says that the latest heat pumps are increasingly cold-hardy. We're actually testing a heat pump in our lab this spring where the cutoff temperature is minus 31 degrees Fahrenheit, she says. That was unheard of 10 years ago. Demand in Alaska appears to be rising strongly because heat pumps are becoming more efficient and cost-effective, she says, adding that there are now companies solely dedicated to heat pump installations, a relatively new development. Heat pumps have a great decarbonizing potential, but it depends on context, says Meredith Fowley, an economist at UC Berkeley. They will be most beneficial as a climate solution when they run on electricity generated predominantly from low-carbon sources, and when manufacturers move away from the least climate-friendly heat pump refrigerants. New homes or homes requiring a brand new heating system should opt for a heat pump as standard now, according to Fowley. But as heat pumps continue to spread, there must be enough properly trained tradespeople to install them, as well as building codes that promote the use of more efficient systems, says Fowley. There's a sense of urgency that needs to be balanced against some of the practical, pragmatic challenges that we need to overcome. Make sure to check out our other Wired podcasts. Today in Wired Business, a German court has issued strict limits on how police can pull innocent bystanders into big data investigations. Checking in on Wired Science, the European Space Agency is exploring a unique way to dramatically cut carbon emissions by tapping sunlight closer to the source. And on Wired Security, how to protect yourself from Twitter's two-factor crackdown. Listen to these stories and more at wired.com slash podcasts. Thanks for listening to Wired. Check back in tomorrow to hear more stories from wired.com. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast.